Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Happy Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rob Foss with episode number 183 of Shut Up and Grind. So on the little the little thumbnail, it says 182, but I snuck in another one. So the, all the numbering is going to be off. But I can't turn down the opportunity to meet with great people. And I have another great person that will be joining me today. We'll be talking about getting big corporation marketing into small businesses. I probably said that wrong, but show correct me when I bring her on. So if you're new to the channel, well, I mean, if you're new to, to the show and you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're joining me on Facebook, please like and share. Help us grow. Help us spread the word. And if you are joining me on the podcast platforms, please kindly leave us a review because we do all of this for you. So the premise of the show is to help you navigate through obstacles in your life that are keeping you from reaching the goals that you're trying to reach. And each week I bring on a different guest. We highlight their journey to how they got the successes that they have because people don't just get things handed to them. It's, it's a grind. It's an absolute grind, hence the name of the show. And so I've had guests on from all, well, I can't say all, from six of the seven continents. And this is seen in 30 countries worldwide. And the best part is I don't even market it. <laughs> it's just organically growing. So as a testament to all of you for finding value in the content that we share. And so just quickly, if you don't know who I am for the newbies, here's, here's my intro video. And if you watch the show on the regular, this, this is a good time to go get a drink. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, for 
for today's teachable moment, so I was going to go in a different direction. Now, when I was coming home from the gym, there was a car in front of me that had a bumper sticker that said, control your destiny or someone else will. And I saw that and that just hit like a ton of bricks. Because for those of you that, that know my backstory, I was a restaurant manager for about 20 years. So I was super unfulfilled. But I, was, I put myself in this box that I thought society stuffed me into. But in reality, I stuffed myself in there from my own limiting beliefs. Thinking because as a college dropout, I wouldn't be able to do anything other than that. And once I made the shift into pursuing fitness, all I did was pursue fitness. That, that was it. Like people think there's some big major story that goes into these things. And it's really not. When I started this podcast, I just started the podcast. I <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. I learned along the way. And like I said, I'm booking almost into May of 2022. And I do three shows a week. And it's just about getting started. So you don't have to have it all figured out. Things don't have to be perfect. When you control your destiny, the universe clears a path or, or whatever higher power you, you believe in. It's going to clear out a path for you. Things that you don't know, learn it. When I first started fitness, I didn't know a thing about marketing, but I knew how to connect with people. And so I learned how to market. Now I know how to market and connect with people. And so that goes hand in hand with what my guest is going to share today. And who is this guest? And guess what I did? I totally failed because I turned off her. You know what? Let's just bring her in. <laughs> bring on Leah to the show. Hey, <laughs> I had to buy you up in the other window and I closed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, and, and the joys of doing this live is we don't get that haha moment. Every movie shows bloopers. <laughs> so. Exactly. This is the live blooper for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time and joining Perfect. the show and sharing your, your, ener your energy, your expertise, and your experience. So I appreciate that. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to, to be here and chat. Awesome. All right. So you're in Los, Las Cruces, New Mexico. So are you originally from there? No, um, you know, Las Cruces is filled with people who are not from Las Cruces, and I'm one of them. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'm originally from New York. I grew up right outside okay. of New York City. Nice. Whereabouts? Uh, Westchester County in uh, New okay. Rochelle, which everybody knows either from being off of 95, the interstate, yeah. Yeah. or, um, you know, goes back to uh, colonial days where Thomas Paine had his cottage. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I just drove through there uh, last weekend. Oh, awesome. There you go. Familiar. All right. So, what brought you to New Mexico? Um, I, I'm here 11 years now. I I moved here. Um, he's now my ex-husband, but uh, my husband at the time. Um, he got a job at the university here. He's a chemist, and uh, so he went through all of his schooling and everything. And then he said, "We're going to move to this place." I got a job in uh, New Mexico in this place called Las Cruces. I had never even been to New Mexico yeah. in my life, and we picked mm -hmm. up and moved. Okay, nice. Yeah. So before we dive in, I, I, ha I have to share this quick, quick New Mexico story because I went once. Yeah. I went for a fitness mastermind, and mm -hmm. it was about two and a half hours south of Albuquerque, which the Albuquerque mm -hmm. airport, I thought was kind of cool. It looks like, like, yeah. a, like, like a town center inside. Yeah. It's but, very um, cute. So I'm not, I'm not a very fearful person, but I despise snakes. 
And so <laughs> I know like the desert areas have lots yeah. of them. And so yeah. where this place was, when I tell you it was, it was two hours south of Albuquerque, uh -huh. about 30 minutes into the desert. So okay. my mentor, he he had storage boxes that he converted into living spaces. And I'll mm -hmm. give him credit. He did it. He did a damn good job because when you walk in, it looks like you're in a condo. It doesn't yeah. even look like it's storage crates. So anyway, yeah. we have our PT run the next morning. And now he was coming off of a motorcycle accident. So he was in a walking uh, boot. He was behind yeah. us on an ATV. And so, you know, we're, we're running, we're running. And he, he stops us and he's like, you guys almost stepped on an MF and rattlesnake. And uh. I was like, don't. <laughs> mess with me because all of them bust my chops because they know I'm definitely afraid of snakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I'm dead serious. I was like, I need to see it. Because like, if I see it on my terms, I'm okay. Right, right. So I go creeping back and sure enough, one of those little bushes of Western Diamondback was coiled up in there. Mm. And I took my ass right back to Albuquerque. <laughs> I was like, you I ran a little bit faster it. on the way back, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I walked back hotels.com. I'm like, I am not finishing this mastermind. Not doing it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so face yeah. that one fear. They are around. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep, I'm like, I know they're here, but if I see one, I'm out. <laughs> we had a we had a baby rattlesnake in our garage not too long ago, and I went in there to get something for the kids, and I was like, is that a toy's battery? Like, is there a toy going off? And I hear it and I hear it. And I was like, that is not a toy. And then I see it come out of oh a box. And that was the end of it. My husband yeah. had to come and rescue. I, <laughs> Get I, it I back to the desert. I would have moved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Done. House is on the market. I don't even care don't if it sells, but leave it tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, so let's dive in here. How, how would you describe yourself? Um, I would describe myself as a, um, a marketer, uh, a entrepreneur, business owner, and a mother. Um, and uh, no particular order, but those you know, those are the things that kind of you know, drive my life every day. Nice. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. So what was your childhood dream? Like, what, what did you see yourself doing for a career? Uh, when I was really little, I just wanted to be an artist. Okay. You know, it's uh, my my grandmother painted, and um, I just always enjoyed you know that side of things, that creative side. Um, but uh, you know, my dad was in business, and uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. But uh, you know, he always pushed us to you know to do really good in school and and to do the best that we can. And uh, our artist wasn't really probably going to cut it. <laughs> so mm -hmm. you know, how do I kind of take the the creative side and make a a career out of it that I was going to be able to have, you know, a, a living out of it. It was kind of like the seeds that were sort of planted early on, you know? Yes. Um, so, yeah, but um, so that creativity never went away. But as years went on, uh, kind of layered in, you know, the business owner and entrepreneurship on top of it, I think. Love it. See, right there in that first paragraph, I already figured yeah. out why you do what you do. <laughs> All right. So, the money, the money sentence that you just said was, how, how do I take the creative side and make a living out of it? That's yeah. that's the piece that so many people miss. You know, like even well with my son, it was easy because he always had a fascination with cars. So he, mm. went to, he went to school for automotive and he's a mechanic now. And yeah. with, with my daughter, we did the whole because like most people say like, like what industries pay the most money? You know, right. instead of like what industries will make me the happiest? 
<laughs> you know, so, <laughs> right, right. so it's like a, I say, you know, start with all the things that make you happy, you know, circle the things that make you the most happy, mm-hmm. figure out what demographic you want to work with and why, and then you pick a career based on that. You know, right. like if so many people did that, there'd be so much less depression and anxiety out there in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just kind of, <laughs> you know, that whole uh, follow your dream and the money will follow kind of thing. It takes a lot more work than, you know, the simplified version of it, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it yeah, definitely yeah. takes effort. But even yeah. even in the, the regular workforce, it still takes effort for you to climb up the ladder, you sure. know? So, yeah. like, it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely not going to be handed to you. But like like I said in my my opening my opening spiel, that people just have to start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're so afraid to make that initial leap. And yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was right there too because I started the fitness thing while I was doing the management thing, right. and it was it was like I'm making I'm making kind of the same money with way less hours, but like mm-hmm. I know every Friday I'm getting direct deposit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. know? And then like yeah. I said about the universe clearing a path, I lost my job. And then I ended mm-hmm. up going full force and never looked back. Right. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you get those catalysts and you just have to jump into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So how how would you you describe your upbringing? Um, you know, I grew up in uh, a a family of you know four kids, surrounded by a lot of you know relatives. We always spent a lot of time with them. Um, you know, it when it came down to it, we you know, we had a good time together, a lot of laughing. And, uh, you know, my dad always was planning these family fun nights, you know, like to get everybody out, go experience something. He was kind of like, my parents always push us to um, get out there in the world, try different, you know, experience different cultures, travel, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was, it was good. Um, You know, and it was hard too, because there was a lot of expectations, you know, it's like, the grades be put up on the fridge, you know, and had to be all A's. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were really involved in, in activities. And, you know, I, I was thinking about driving to work this morning, you know, how my mom would say, like, keep a log of everything that you accomplish because when it comes down to, uh, you know, someday you're going to have to, like, tell people what you did. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might forget some of these things because just life goes on. But, like, from like eighth grade on, I had to keep like a little list of every accomplishment that I made so that I can go back and, you know, came in handy when it came time to go to college, you know, because like, oh, here's things I can talk about. But yes. Um, yeah. yeah that's... Was... Sorry, go ahead. No, just, I was just, you know, a lot of pressure to kind of, to achieve a lot. There's a lot of expectations, but. Yes. It's... Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's a good thing though. You know, it's yeah. the same, the same thing, thing with me. I mean, we, we weren't, we were not like we didn't have to get straight A's, but like we failing was not an option. You right. know, th- know that yeah. like if you study and you put it in your work and a C plus is the best you, you can do, then that's the best you can do. But like D's and F's are unacceptable. And I raised my kids the same way. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, no, you come you come in here with don't come in here with a D and tell me you tried your best. Because <laughs> right. that's not that's not having it, you know. I mean, like, I'm not having mm-hmm. that, you know. But because I tell pe- people, people will perform to the expectation that you set, mm-hmm. and, and that's yeah. true with 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 adults. Like we see it in the gym setting, because obviously it's it's my fitness business. So when when I'm there, I push everyone to the max, and right. I I know that injuries can happen, but mm-hmm. like I know I don't operate trying to avoid injury. You know, because yeah. like if you if you do that, then people aren't going to reach right. their full potential. But when sure. I'm not there, 
pe- people always say, you know, I love, I love the other trainers. They're like, but they don't push us the way you do. You know, mm-hmm. like the expectation is set. Like if when yeah. your bar is low, they're going to perform low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how my dad viewed himself as our trainer. You know, he's <laughs> priming us to get to, you know, where we needed to be. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And uh, you have si- siblings? Yeah, I have a sister. Um, she's in uh, the Washington, D.C. area. And I have two brothers that are still in New York. Oh, nice. So, nice. Yeah. Are, are you guys close? We are. We, we do. Um, for years now, we've been doing this, uh, you know, sibling chat every other week on Wednesdays. And, you know, uh, just kind of check in with each other and see how everything's going. Then, um, you know, as you know, our families have grown. Um, you know, my brother just had his first baby, and my sister now has two-year-olds. And you know, it's been good to keep in touch with them as our lives have progressed on. So okay. we, we pretty we're pretty good about sticking to our schedule. Um, so pre-pandemic, with all these uh, Zoom meetings and Zoom birthdays and Zoom, you know, happy hours. You know, we're kind of uh, we're already in the um, yeah, routine of it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we yeah. we have a, a sibling chat too. Like I'm one of seven. Oh wow. Know. Yeah, it's like we <laughs> we we all hit the pause button pretty well, you know, because we, we're all living our lives. We all have kids and stuff, and yeah. But just once we come back together, it's like we didn't miss a beat at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's good. All right. Yeah. So so now, how would you you describe your time in high school? So I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, um, you know, suburb of New York, um, and you know, it was looking back, um, you know, it was, I think they did a just a fantastic job of kind of empowering women to be future leaders, mm. and uh, you know, a lot of the the girls I went to school with ended up going into, into medicine and um, teaching. Um, a couple of us went down the entrepreneurial route, not too many, so, um, but a few of us did. And um, interestingly, you know, the other one I have in mind, she also, um, we took a lot of art classes together. So there's, there may be something there. Um, um, but yeah, it was, it was a really great experience um, to be in that kind of environment. I think at the time, of course, you know, we're like, oh, this is, you know, we probably would like to be in a, uh, school with you know boys and girls but you know we, we had good friends with the boys school <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah my my uh oldest daughter she went she went to a cabin school for the for the first year and then and uh-huh. we put her in, in public school but yeah. but yeah but they but they they did a lot with there was an all boys school nearby mm-hmm. too so yeah like, their cheerleaders would go and cheer for like the boys exactly. basketball team the boys football team yeah yeah, so yep. I, I understand all that. <laughs> all right, so when you were heading off off to college, what yeah. what was your major? So I, um, so I knew I wanted to go away to college. I wanted that experience. Uh, so you know, it kind of came down to should I go to NYU um, or I got to Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. Uh, NYU was too close to home. <laughs> you know, I, I really wanted to go there, but it was just, you know, yeah, I was going to say that. That's not away. Away. <laughs> that, that wasn't away. So. <laughs> Uh, so I decided to go to Pittsburgh and I went to Carnegie Mellon um, and uh, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to to major in. I uh, went into the humanities school and pretty quickly figured out that, you know, I needed something a little bit different. Uh, and I considered at that point to maybe transfer out um, and but 
kind of two things happened. One was uh, really the first week of school. I came across, um, I was walking through the quad of the campus and uh, they, there was some tables set up of all the different clubs. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I have to meet people. I have to get involved. And there was this table there and there was a couple of guys standing there and they're looking for people to join their online magazine. And I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds interesting. Uh, I thought it was a, a club at school. Um, and uh, but it turns out it was a new business. It was uh, some the, the guys had just graduated from Carnegie Mellon and they were looking for people to come work at this online magazine. It was called kiwibox.com. And so, um, you know, as I had the summer before that um, interned at uh, Winter Media Group, which owns, Rolling, or at that time owned Rolling Stone and uh, Us Magazine. So I was on the Us Magazine side and I was like, okay, so I have this little bit of experience in the magazine world. And I thought yes. that's at that point in time that I really wanted to go into the magazine world. And um, so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I could do an online magazine. That sounds interesting. Um, so I, I got connected with them and that kind of changed an interesting course for the next couple of years. But, um, uh, but what I ended up doing major wise um, for schooling was I, I transferred to a different program and they had this kind of unique program at the school where students can kind of make up their own major depending on their interests. Okay. And so I moved out of the humanities school and I kind of had to do like a, um, a meeting, a portfolio review. So I showed all my artwork um, to them and they said, well, why don't you go into fine art? And I said, well, I want a job when I graduate. I want, you know, a career, you know. Um, so I think I would be more interested in um, maybe the graphic design route. Um, and what the program let me do, though, was pick coursework from the art school and coursework from the humanities school. And I basically, basically could create my own curriculum for my whole four years of school. And um, so I ended up doing professional writing and communication design from there. I think if I was able to pick my own curriculum, I may have graduated. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. It, yes, it, yes, I picked the, the best classes, even the most interesting classes to me. They all counted. Uh, yeah, and it was it was a really um, probably it was for the it totally changed the course of my school because I was I really wanted to leave at that point. Yes, and so this this really changed it. Yeah, because like when I first got in, I, I went in for computer engineering, but that's something that that my dad talked me into, and yeah. <laughs> and he he wasn't wrong. You know, he saw, and this is back in 1992, so he saw what was going on with computers, and he's like, "You want to mm -hmm. jump in this industry?" So he wasn't yeah. wrong. It just didn't interest me, right? And so that was when I left school the first time, and yeah. well, I mean that's part of the story. I, I was trying to qualify, yeah. to qualify for the Olympics. And I ended, uh, up, I ended up hurting my knee and I, and I got super depressed. So now like I yeah. can't run track and, I, and I'm taking, I'm studying stuff I don't want to study. And so yeah. like that, that's what sure. led me to, to leave the first time. The, yeah. the, the, the second time I actually completed an entire semester. I had a 3.7, I want to say, because like when I tell Very people good. I dropped out, they just assume you're dumb, you know, but yeah. it's like, like that's, that's <laughs> yeah, not that it. Yeah, it's like, that's not it. Like, I did well, but again, I had switched my major to physical education. I was like, but I don't want to be a gym teacher. It's, right. it's, like, it's like, I love sports and athletics and all this, like, but I don't want to be a gym teacher. So that that was why I didn't re-enroll. And mm -hmm. then the, the last time I was starting, I was managing restaurants already, but I was going to go back to school part-time and get the ball rolling. But then my car broke down. Mm -hmm. and, I had, and I had my own apartment at this time. So it's like, I, I need the car to get to work you know, sure. to, pay, to pay my bills. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I had left, left school that time, but before it even started, like I registered, 
I think I just picked my classes and then I went back and unregistered, got my money back and bought a new car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you so then I'm like, you know what? I was like, you know what? I'm making money. I'm living on my own. Let me just, just keep going. But mm-hmm. then just had I, I mean, I, I have no, no regrets because I learned what sure. I know now about business from managing restaurants. And yeah. And it, it, it took, taught me a lot. So when I made the shift to fitness, I just had to learn the marketing and the branding end. Mm-hmm. You know? So where did you find your love for, for marketing? Um, yeah. So kind of in that kiwibox.com um, experience there. So I ended up working with them um, the next four years. Um, and in that, really, they kind of tasked me with, okay, build up the, the music section of our, our business. Um, the, I was the music editor. Um, and so I really had to kind of come up with promotions that we could get traffic to the website and how we could work with these music artists to um, collaborate with them and and get people interested in what we were doing and, and also promote their new albums and that kind of stuff. So again, it was using a lot of creativity, which was kind of fulfilling that need there. And I was like, I really like knowing what these you know things that are coming out into the market before they hit the market that was kind of a you know kind of hit all my little bells and whistles was like this is really fun um so that promotion side of things um kind of there I, you know i did some more internships throughout college and uh when i went to go graduate it was you know about to hit a really big recession. There was no jobs anywhere. Mm-hmm. Magazines were folding. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to go work for magazines and do marketing and promotions for them. And, uh, you know, all these magazines were closing down. And I'm like, well, I've been doing this, you know, uh, this online magazine and this web stuff for a while. Um, you know, so maybe I should kind of stick with that. And uh, I, there was no jobs to be had. I ended up temping at uh, within agencies. I, you know, show up and they they end up placing me at this advertising agency. And I was just answering phones. Uh, and I was doing that for a while. Um, but it was at this big ad agency. So I kind of like got, you know, a little bit of buzz around of the different campaigns that they were working on. And um, that was all very exciting. You know, you're in the middle of New York City, in the middle of, you know, Madison Avenue advertising. Like mm-hmm. there was just, you know, so much action happening. And um, so I really uh, was like, I, I like this this space. Um, and I like using my creativity in this sort of business fashion um, of, okay, I got to come up with a creative promotion to get this product launched. And the purpose is we have to sell it. We have to get awareness. We have to get engagement or whatever, you know, the goals are for it. And uh, I had an internship at McCann Erickson, so big advertising agency, offices all around the world. And, um, you know, at that time they had the Verizon account, you know, the Can You Hear Me campaign. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. um, and uh, I was working on, um, one of the things I had going on at the time was the Family Friendly TV Awards or something along those lines. But I got to, they're like, okay, take the award. You have to go downstairs to the production room and they're gonna film the commercial. And, you know, so I got to see them, you know, put it on the, this little rotating table and they're filming it. And I'm like, oh, this is all, this is all very cool. Um, so just kind of being kind of behind the scenes was just really um, exciting and, um, you know, kind of a fun place to be. Uh, what ended up happening 
you know, temping and I'm just answering phones. I'm like, okay, this is fun, but also I want to like actually be doing marketing. And uh, I got an email from somebody I know. Um, so one of the companies that we have, right, let, me, with, let, let yeah. me pause, let me pause you right there. I'll write down email and then you can yeah. pick, it, pick it back up from there. Yeah. Just once everything you just said, I totally called it. When I said earlier, <laughs> I know exactly why you're doing what, what you're doing. Yeah. Like it's, you love the whole the whole creative process of making a campaign. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I said, from that first pat paragraph, I, I, I pieced it all together. That's it, why yeah. she's doing this. All right. Yeah. From the email, carry on. Yeah. So I get this email. It was, you know, from um, somebody had worked there. So she was a publicist at an agency. Um, so on the Kiwi box side, you know, we were getting pitched to cover, you know, this is back, you know, I'm going to date myself here, back in the mm -hmm. early 2000s, so 2000, 2001. So in sync era, voice, mm -hmm. you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Britney Spears. So I was getting on the phone, I'm like in between classes. And I'm like, I have to go interview Britney Spears for an interview. And then I have to go to my writing class, you know? So it was, <laughs> it awesome. was kind of, it was, it was, yeah, exciting. It's kind of like I was leading the secret life. And I was always so afraid to tell people how old I was, you know, when I'm doing this, because I'm like, you know, they're not going to take me seriously and, and so on. So in any case, I end up getting an email from um, somebody saying, um, you know, we have an opening. Would you like to come in to interview? And then, of course, yes, I want to I want to interview with your company. So I come in and I, I have this interview. It goes well. Um, and I end up getting a job at a digital marketing agency in New York City. And um, so that was my first real, you know, full-time professional job um, doing digital marketing promotions back in, you know, early, you know, about 2002, 2003 time now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's a whole yeah. lot different than now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, definitely back when, like, you know, we, we would be pitching webmasters and, like, there was the whole perception of, you know, here's these people who live in their mom's basement who run websites yeah. and, and how evolved that has come, you know, today. It's true. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when did you make the switch to do your own thing? So I worked um, at that company for a couple of years, and I, I knew always that I wanted to have my own business, even when I graduated school. I just I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know, even for you know, a minute, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a painted furniture business when I graduated school. I did, I did one table, my best friend bought it. And, and that was the, I was like, I can't do this. So, um, so, you know, kind of always had this in the back of my head that I, I want to figure out something to do on my own. Um, but, you know, I also kind of had this other thing weighing on me that I went to school for basically design and writing. And here I am working in a marketing agency. And if I think I want to do marketing on my own, I, I didn't really have the business classes. I didn't have marketing classes. I was kind of just, I had been learning it as I was going on. Yes. So I said, well, maybe I need to go back to school. And and if I'm going to try to be out, go out there and be this marketing expert on these topics, I need the, the principles uh, behind the marketing to understand better myself. Yeah. So I apply, so still, and you can see the, always the, the push and pull between the creative side and the business side, because what I ended up doing was applying to go to school for interior design and I applied to business school at the same time. And I'm like, okay, we'll yeah. see what happens. So I kind of rolled both sides <laughs> and I got into both programs. And the only reason why I didn't end up going to the interior design school, because uh, I, so I was gonna move down to Maryland at that time, so from New York. And I was going to be living in Baltimore. 
and the interior design school was in Washington, DC. And I got into Johns Hopkins in Baltimore and I was like, I can't commute an hour and a half to school every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I said, okay, I'm going to go the marketing route. Uh, it was a nighttime program. Uh, and I and I picked up all my stuff and I moved to Baltimore, uh, Maryland, where the only person I knew at that point, you know, was my boyfriend turned husband, turned ex-husband, but um, <laughs> you know, uh, and um, moved in there and started going to school at night. And the company I was working for in New York actually let me stay on um, with the deal that I would have to come back to New York pretty much every other week for her oh. to work out of the office. So then I found myself, you know, commuting on Amtrak, which I love train travel. It's awesome. You get a lot of work done. Um, but I'm like, you know, the, the pressure of I have to be on this train because I have to be to class tonight mm. in Baltimore and I'm at work in New York right now. Uh, wasn't going to, it didn't last all that long. So I told them that, um, you know, I was going to leave and I was going to go out on my own. Um, so after about a semester of school, um, I decided that it was time. And uh, so I kind of used that bit that semester, you know, I'd be taking a couple of my marketing classes in the front half of the notebook. I'd be writing, you know, all my marketing notes in the back half of my notebook. I'd be like, okay, how can I apply this to my business? So mm -hmm. it kind of would flip flop back and forth and say, okay, this is a consumer marketing strategy we're talking about here, how to lay out a grocery store to get more sales in the back. Okay. This is, you know, what I would do if I'm going to set up services and whatnot. So that kind of helps me kind of take what I was learning at that time, the principles and the theory of it, and actually, okay, how, how am I going to apply this now? <laughs> Love it. All right, and so take me through how you started your, your company. So I, I really wanted to start a business before I turned 25. That was my my goal. And okay. so, um, so I'm kind of approaching that birthday, and I'm like, okay, I'm not, I, I got to get this going, got to get it going. Uh, so I, I reached out to an accountant, I'm like, help me set up an LLC. Um, and uh, so we got the paperwork done pretty much the first week of January. Uh, I turned 25 five weeks later in February. So I'm like, great, I, I, I did <laughs> it. my deadline, I did it. <laughs> and, uh, and then the first thing I did was really, I contacted um, everybody that I ever worked with, everybody that I ever went to school with. And I sent them an email and I said, I'm starting a new business. Um, and I also sent out a, um, you know, at that time, evites were really popular, right? Oh, yeah. So, so I sent out an evite for a virtual party to launch the business. And uh, so I evited every, all these people. And um, I said, okay, this is the day that the business is going to be born. And then come and celebrate with me. And, um, you know, virtually, because I was in Baltimore, most of my contacts were still in New York. Um, and I was very lucky that... Um, you know, immediately I got um, some projects from some colleagues that I had worked with at the agency before that moved on to other companies. So I got to work on a project for Virgin Mobile uh, for Twix Candy Bar uh, and the Major League Baseball. Uh, and then in, I had a great college professor, Sharon Dilworth, that um, I worked with all throughout school on the, um, the Carnegie Mellon Press. So they published books that... Okay. Um, people wrote. And so she had four books that she was publishing that year. So she hired me to help market those books um, that were coming out that year. So uh, pretty much it was a, a transition. From, um, I was leaving my job to, I got a couple of projects, but probably the thing that helped most was that immediately the company I was working for hired me back as a freelancer. So I, I knew I was going to have mm -hmm. money coming in. And um, that made a huge difference of helping me launch uh, the business. 
Um, (laughs) I went to my, I knew I had some bonds from when I was born from family members, $1,200. (laughs) Like that was all, that's all it was. And then (laughs) I asked my dad, I said, can I, can I have the money? And I'm like, I need to buy a computer. I need to buy a printer. And like, I have to pay for my business license fees. So he gave me the bonds and I, that was my startup money for the And that was it. (laughs) No kidding. Hey, you made it happen though. Yeah. So, so what's your, what's your mission? Yeah. So that's, that's a, you know, big question. I think, um, you know, it's evolved. The business has evolved so much over time from starting Sinuate Media back in 2006 to today, the market has evolved so much. So we've had to evolve what, what we are doing and, and what we're um, providing to people. But where I stand today, uh, I think the thing that resonates most with me is that making marketing accessible to businesses. And whether that's marketing of, I need the uh, consultation of an expert to help me like launch my business, or I need access to marketing technology that's going to help me run my business. And both of those things can be very scary or seem out of reach for a lot of uh, business owners. So, you know, I've had all these years of working with big brands and helping them launch social media campaigns or even getting on social media for the first time. Um, doing online promotions with influencers and a lot of really fun stuff. And um, but my mission today really is to to make marketing accessible to businesses. And that's um, new. Uh, it's a new business that we're we're starting in January called Approach Positive. And that's our our goal there is to make marketing approachable with positive results. So nice. we'll be kicking that off soon. So how how often in your travels do you find that people are just making their lives complicated with their marketing? Because <laughs> now, oh, so, yeah. so now, as I've stated, like I don't have the educational background, but mm-hmm. I got I got educated in in other ways on it. Sure. And so I was helping I was helping this one person who's a fellow gym owner, and mm-hmm. he wanted he wants to expand his adult fitness offerings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they do a lot of kids' classes and they do a lot of birthday parties. Mm-hmm. So, what is the hardest part about being a business? Is getting people through the door. Right. I said, when, like, who's dropping off these kids for the classes? Who's dropping off these kids for birthday <laughs> parties? I said, yep. you have people coming to your door. <laughs> I said, yeah. That's the hardest <laughs> part of marketing is getting them yes. to the door. You know, it is. I said, so all you have to do now is engage engage them somehow when they come in. Because I used to do birthday parties also. And mm-hmm. for my for my paying, well, for like my all-in members, I gave them one free kid's birthday party because I train mostly oh. moms. So Smart. they have kids. Yeah. And yeah. so, but, but in that one party comes friends, comes classmates with their parents. And so getting all yeah. these people in the building, but I had things where I, I, I had the parents involved. So it's not like they were just sitting in their car or sitting, sitting down, watching the kids play. We would, yeah. we, we would play dodgeball. We would have like relay races with the kids against the parents. And then the, then yeah. the, parents, then the parents were like, this place is kind, kind of cool. They have, a price, <laughs> they have a price list. Do you have kids classes? You know what I yeah. mean? Because it's like they're already in the building. Now you just have to engage mm-hmm. them. So, exactly. what do you find are some uh, the places that you work with? What are their biggest struggles when it comes to marketing? Um, yeah, some of the biggest struggles. There's two things that um, that are immediately popping to mind. The first is 
um, I kind of call it like marketing hopping. Like you hop from one strategy to the next, mm. to the next without really giving it time to, to work. Yes. Um, especially, you know, small businesses that are, are under the gun to like, we got to get results. I don't have time to see this, you know, six months yes. out, a year out. But unfortunately, some of these things take a long time to kind of percolate and, and you know, for the goals to, to start to, to realize them. Um, so, you know, one month doing SEO, oh, switch to doing uh, pay-per-click ads, switch to doing podcasts, switch to do. So mm-hmm. that is, you know, um, I wish businesses wouldn't do that. They give they would give things more time to kind of work. But I understand their pressures, though. Um, the it's, other it's thing. The, sorry, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same in fitness too. Yeah. Like, oh, I tried the paleo diet. I tried the keto diet. I tried the yeah. diet. I tried the low sugar. I tried the high protein. It's like, okay, so when you're trying, did you see any of them through? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know? It's like, right. just because you did it for two weeks doesn't mean you tried. <laughs> it's like two weeks is nothing. But I yeah. Continue. Yes. No, that's exactly it. Yes. Yes. You got to, yeah. So I'm using the long term planning, long term results. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is, you know, it's a really big hurdle. You know, we have with marketing technology. We really, especially with the pandemic, kind of escalated some of these things. But um, it's so hard for s- small businesses, small business owners, to learn the tools in enough detail that they can actually really use them. So you know, a lot of people are just scratching the surface of, okay, yeah, I'm on Facebook and I post a couple things. It's like, okay, well, to really use it, maybe you need to be doing targeted ads, and you need to have you know conversion you know, tracking and, and you need to have e-commerce sites set up. And so looking at the bigger picture and and saying like, you know, do I have my whole, you know, digital marketing ecosystem set up um, in the most effective way is a huge, huge challenge. Yeah. Um, I find too, just people don't know what they want. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, what's, what's your objective? I, yeah. I just, I just want, I just want more, more people. Like, okay, it's not, yeah. you can't be that broad. Like, I, I was, right. I was work, working with um a physical therapist, and just trying, just trying to get to the heart is like, how many yeah. more clients do you want? And, you know, yes. how how often do, do you want them? What you know, it's like there's we we have questions here. Like, <laughs> right. like, I'm not, like I can't help you with your campaign unless I know what your objective is. Like, it's not my job to give you your objective, right? It's, right. it's like, but if you tell me I want to get five, five new patients a month and, you know, then I can, I can build it out. Like, who do you want to target? What age bracket? Yeah. How much money are, are they making? You know, because like when you're doing target, targeted ads, especially yeah. with Facebook, you can target right down to the specific person you're looking for. Yep. You know, but then most people yeah. say, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, yeah. but you're not going to get everybody. So who are you looking for? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, we, we kind of have to have that, like, come to the realization, talk with a lot of clients of, okay, well, let's take it this way. You want to reach everybody in the United States, but you don't have the budget to reach everybody in the United States. Yeah, let's use exactly. your money effectively. Yes. Um, and uh, so we, we tend to, when we're struggling with just the instance that you said um, there, we have to work backwards. So yes, how many new clients do you want? How much new revenue do you want to make in the next quarter? And then from there, we can backtrack and say, okay, well, this is what we have to do because you said, you know, you'd like five new clients, you know, coming yeah. in each month. So. Yeah, and for the people that, that say face, Facebook ads are dead, they're saturated, and like they're they're so wrong. Like I still still use yeah. them. I had I had my my guy. I was like, yeah, turn on an ad for me. Like I want to get some some new personal training leads, and mm-hmm. in, in a span of three days, I had like two hundred leads. Yeah, 
was, I was like, I can't even train that many people. But at least it gave me the power to be flexible. And then, right. then the ones that I could truly connect with, I can bring them in. But like, it's, yeah. it's definitely not dead. It's, people don't understand how the targeting works. Right. You know? Yes, and that 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 kind of is one of the things that drive me crazy. And they're like, "Well, I boosted something for five dollars, and I didn't get anything." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> you're not going to. Five dollars is not going to do it just to like, you know, boost it to to who? Who are you even boosting it for?" So, um, yep. so it's a lot of education, uh, you know. And and uh, you know, I think sometimes people just kind of throw their money at some random things and kind of hope it stick. It. Um, to see what sticks and um and they you know definitely you know people that know what they're talking about it, it from the you know agency or consulting perspective can come in and like okay let me help you spend your money more wisely by telling you the right tools to use yeah and people have to understand that it's an, it's an investment you know it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like insurance like you, yeah. hate, you hate paying the bill until mm -hmm. you need it yeah. <laughs> once, you, once you need it it's the best thing ever but each yeah. month it's like really another four hundred dollars of stupid insurance like this is dumb, this is dumb. <laughs> then you wreck your car it's like oh thank god for that insurance that's yeah. What, yeah, that's what your advertising budget should be like mm -hmm. you know because no matter yeah. what it is you're doing advertising is the answer if you think about it if you need more mm -hmm. more and more leads you advertise you need more revenue you advertise if you need new employees you advertise Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. then people don't want to put the money into the advertisements. Mm -hmm. I know. It's yeah, you know, back, you know, years ago we used to ask have people ask us all the time, well, how do we go viral? You know, because they think that doesn't cost anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, okay. The level of clever that you need to be, or the amount of creative you need to be, or mm -hmm. the most interesting product that you have to have, like you will be so much more effective just by advertising and get in front of so many more people that I can guarantee you than to just hope that, you know, maybe you're a one in two million shot here that is going to get picked up. So, yes. Yeah. So, so for a small business, what's, what's your biggest piece of advice to them regarding marketing? Mm. Um, I think that for them to focus on, a few things that they can become really good at and whether that's email marketing or Facebook um, or, um, you know, content marketing and SEO, but instead of spreading all their, their eggs out into so many different baskets where, okay, yeah, we post on Pinterest uh, once a month and we post on Twitter twice a month. Like that's not going to get to you in front of the right people uh, to the volume that you need. So really kind of owning a few channels that you can commit to that, you're, you know your audience engage with, that you have the capacity to create content for and, and to serve and um, and that you can also track that is working for you uh, and you know how to. So that's the important part yes. too, is that you that you know what metrics to, to follow um, and make sure it's working back for your business. So I want I want your expert opinion on this because because you have the credentials behind it. Me, I already know the answer, but I don't have the credentials behind it. So people so yeah. people could poke holes in my story if they wanted to. Uh -huh. but, but when it comes to marketing, it's better to mark to market to a specific demographic versus a broad audience. So mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a volunteer, I'm a volunteer help helper with a, a it's called Social Enterprise Greenhouse here in Rhode Island, and we help okay. start we help startups go from an idea and mm -hmm. to create a business. So where I come in is I help people write their their media pitches and their brand mm -hmm. stories, and 
and and I tell them, all right, listen, if you if you work with multiple people, I say take me in the gym. Like, yeah. do I do I work with kids if I have to? I try not to, but if, but if I have to, if somebody <laughs> really wants to train with their teenage child, I, I let it happen. Do okay. I work with men? Yes, I do. Do mm-hmm. I work with women who do not have kids? Yes, I do. But I only market to moms. Mm-hmm. Like all of my marketing goes to that one demographic. And then yeah. as they come in, they're like, oh, you know, you know, my, my girlfriend saw and she wants to, she wants to come in or, or, you know, like I have a 14 year old that want, wants to get faster for a sport. You know, do, do you mm-hmm. do that? Like, yeah, yes, I do. You know, right. but like when you put it all over the place, people are like, I don't know, like, what, what are you known for? Right. You know? Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. I just, if you could just speak a little deeper on that. Sure. Yeah. And I think yeah, you, you said the word brand story and that's exactly it because, you know, who, what do you want to be known for, but also how are you emotionally connecting with those people? And if you're all over the place, like, you know, you just gave that example, then you're really not going to be able to emotionally connect with anybody because you're never going to tell that story deep enough exactly. for them to get that connection for you. Um, so yes, picking in, you know, an area that you're going to become the expert in, you are going to attract those other people in because they are, um, they see the results and they see the positive word of mouth that's happening because you're doing a really good job with that one key audience yes. that you're working with. So. Yes, like I have people who inbox me and, and you know, uh, women and they're like, do you, do you only train moms? Like, because <laughs> I've seen the before and after. She's like, I'm really yeah. interested in working with you. I said, no, absolutely, <laughs> come on in, you know? But, but it's like, I used to do that back in the day. Mm-hmm. I used to like... All right, I'm gonna run a men's program in conjunction with a kids program in conjunction with a this mm-hmm. program, and then I get like two people in each program. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then yeah. like what once I step back and just started zeroing on zeroing in on moms, and now mm-hmm. like when Facebook was really, really booming back in like 2015, you know, I I I think the biggest one I had was 90, I had 95 people join one challenge. Oh yeah, nice. Like I made I made over five figures in like a six day span. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I was just scratching my surface with this whole thing then. But I was yeah. like, wow. And and even what I know about advertising now and even targeting, mm-hmm. the targeting is way more in depth now. Like I'm like, yeah. imagine if I could do what we, we can do now back then in twenty fifteen. Geez, I would have blew that up. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and exactly, yeah, that point there about just how much more effective you would be in your targeting. You know, say you have uh, five thousand dollars to advertise. Like, oh, if you split that up, all I'm gonna do is a uh, thousand towards men, a thousand towards moms, a thousand towards kids, etc. You're reaching so many more, you know, such smaller groups there. And when we start to look at that funnel of, okay, I need this many people to come in, to trickle down, to be interested, to sign up. You you may just completely wipe out your ability to close anybody. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. My speaker coach actually told us a story at uh, we were at an event down in Atlanta, and he said he and his wife bought a big screen TV, and they mm-hmm. wanted to have it professionally mounted. So he's like, they're looking, they're looking through through the phone book. You know, this is back in the day, looking through the phone <laughs> yeah. book, and you know, they found this one where it was like somebody's one stop shop. You know, jack of all trades. And then mm-hmm. the, the next ad over was like Sal's TV installation. Yeah. And so so he's like, you no, know, do I want this guy who focuses on well, this guy, like this is what he does. So right. they went they went with that guy. So, so mm-hmm. the guy comes to to install and he sees that they have a surround sound. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I do that too. You know, would yeah. you like, like to add that to the order? You know, and so yeah. he, he still got the upsell. 
even right. though it wasn't on his ad. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like that's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah. And and again, that's a good point about making relationships and, you know, with people like he, yes. they hired that guy. He did a good job. They trust him because he did a good job and they know the transaction went well. So, oh yeah, I can do this other thing for you. Yeah. Well, we're going to trust him because he did a good yep. job with the first thing. So yes, that no like and trust factor. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. So, so what's, what's next for you? Yeah. Um, so we have been, uh, in the last you know two years or so really, um, deep in the world of marketing technology making that more accessible. But we decided that we're going to, as I mentioned, approach positive is our, our new venture. So Sinuate Media is our um, marketing consulting firm. We do web design, we do marketing campaigns, we do uh, web posting, et cetera. So it's very custom. We work one-on-one -on -one to figure out what the client needs and then we, we do that. But for approach positive, as I said earlier, you know, we're really trying to make marketing accessible, approachable, kind of democratizing marketing, uh, you know, making it available for, for everybody uh, affordably and that they can have access to marketing tools that traditionally are really only available to people that have larger budgets. And they have access to people that have all that knowledge and expertise. And, um, you know, we can help get them more visibility for their business, help them increase sales for their business. Um, so we kind of distilled down, like, what are the most important things that businesses need from a digital marketing perspective? And we're rolling that out in January. Um, and uh, kind of a, a bit inspired by a lot of the conversations that we had during the pandemic with small businesses that were really hurting with, you know, all of a sudden they you know, their retail stores closed down. They have to figure out how to get an online store. They have no idea how to run an online store, how to get traffic to there. Mm. And, um, you know, we had to do a lot of consulting on that. And so this is kind of all um, born from all those conversations. And so we're excited to launch that in January. Yeah, yeah, like people that didn't create at least one additional stream of income since this pandemic started, it's like, you're yes. so, so messed up. So yeah. messed up. Because even now, do I enjoy doing virtual classes? No. <laughs> but, you know, when people move away, like, they don't have to leave. Yes, <laughs> so, exactly. So when I'm doing my, my regular class, I, I just keep mm -hmm. phone in hand. And as I'm directing them, I direct the, the, the people at home. And so, mm -hmm. so it's like, why, why would I not keep keep doing that? And then right. same thing with the, with the podcast and doing doing virtual talks. Like, getting getting media exposure is so easy now because you, you don't have to go in studio. Most people bring, bring you yeah. in vir virtually. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, you know, you should be making relationships with your, your local, your local journalists and, you know, mm -hmm. something comes up in, in the news cycle, you're right there and you got more eyes getting on your business and on your brand. You know, yeah. going back to what I said earlier, People love to complicate stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, some of it doesn't need to be this complicated. Yeah, just get them in and do a virtual you know, meeting. And then you have so much content to use and put it out there after that. So Yes, yeah. yes. And so one of the biggest things that, that I saw last year, so when, when, when my gym was shut down, I mean, we went, out, we went outdoors for a while, but then they shut mm -hmm. down out, outdoors too. And yeah. so I really started focusing on learning new new skills. So like I joined a, a mastermind right. group for Facebook ads. I joined one for mm -hmm. get, getting in the media and I joined one about personal branding. And mm -hmm. so as I'm in these masterminds, I found that how pe people are not good at introducing themselves or, or, <laughs> yeah. or even telling what they do. 
And like mm-hmm. this one, this one woman, she went off on like this five minute tangent. And at the end of it, I was like, so what do you do? <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, you just unloaded all of that. And I still have no clue what you do. <laughs> you know? so, so people yeah, really yeah. struggle with, with just getting specific. Right. You know, like for sure. my, my one sentence gym pitch is I help busy moms lose two to three dress sizes in 90 days so they can walk with confidence again. Awesome. You know, and that one good. sentence nails it. Who whom I'm working with, what's the objective, how long is it gonna take, and what's the final result? All in one sentence. Yeah. Yes. And, and no wonder why you have people, uh, you know, no matter what they're doing, you know, who they are coming to you and asking you for help. Because yes. they're like, Oh, you can do that for them, you can do it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because people see see that and they're like, Whoa, do you yeah. only, only work work with moms? So it's like no. Yeah. You want yeah, it kind of creates in. a little exclusivity there, and exclusivity sometimes attracts. So that's well, not a yeah. bad strategy. Exactly, and yeah. and it, it makes you more valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. You no. Know, so so, but by saying because and it helps that I'm a single parent myself. So when mm-hmm. there's when there's a lot of single parents who come in, they're like, "Well, I have the kids, and it's hard, and it's this, sure. and it's that." And I was like, "And that's all the more reason for you to do it, <laughs> yeah. because because that's what makes it amazing." If it was right. easy, it's not amazing. But like I tell people, <laughs> yeah. I'm a single parent of five kids. You know, it's like with my with my younger three, I had 50-50 with their mom, to be uh-huh. fair. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they're half with me, half with her. Sure. But with my with my two oldest, granted, they're adults now, but they they still live yeah. there and they've they've been with me the entire time. So everything mm-hmm. that I was able able to accomplish, like I did it while taking care of sick kids, getting kids off to school, picking kids up from school, going to yeah. parent-teacher conferences, going to band chorus, track meets, <laughs> basketball games, softball tournaments. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> On top of speaking, getting my podcast, getting my podcast oh, guests. It's like, but exactly. like nobody ever said the game was easy. That's why it's no. called Shut Up and Grind. <laughs> <laughs> Master of multitasking. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. want it, you got to get it done. Right. right. Yeah. Just put your head down and focus and just keep going. All right. So if you could get one piece of advice. So, so there's a small business owner and they're struggling. Like what's mm-hmm. one piece of advice you could tell that person? <sighs> First, take a deep breath. <laughs> then mm-hmm. yeah, try not to make it so difficult. You know, kind of prioritize. What is it that your business needs in the next year? And then from there, you can decide if it is more investment in your digital presence? Is it, do you need a better website? Uh, do you need advice or consulting by somebody to help guide you through that? Um, but looking at, a, a, you know, not just the so short term that, you know, you may not even not get a chance to get it done to, you know, not so long term that it's out of reach. Yeah. So, um, and, and don't be afraid, you know, reach out to us at approachpositive.com because don't be afraid that you can't hire that marketing firm that, um, can help you with your business because we're we're going to make it really accessible for folks. What you say was approach positive? Approachpositive.com. So we're, we're launching January. Nice. Launching in go. January. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So one other thing I would I would add on to there too is that usually when people reach that point of desperation, they've lost their mm. passion. Mm. You know, like so one of the first questions I ask people is what do you want to leave behind? Yeah. You know what I mean? Good so, one. so it's like, what do you want to leave behind? Because the way you're going now, 
you're not leaving a whole lot, <laughs> right? So, so right. what do you want to leave behind? You know, do you want yeah. something for for your kids to pick up and run with, mm. or, or you know, just like just what kind of value are you going to leave behind when your time comes? Yeah, and, and that's why when people ask me, they're like, "Oh my God!" Like you're always doing stuff. I said, "Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to leave something that one of my kids can pick up and run with, and even mm. if none of them run with it, these videos ain't going anywhere." Right, you <laughs> live forever online. Right? Videos are not going anywhere. It's like this is how this is how you beat death, really, because <laughs> you put so much content behind. Yeah. Like people are still talking about Nostradamus, who died in the 16th century. <laughs> <laughs> That's a legacy, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And when that really first hit me was when the, the first time we took the kids to Hershey Park, mm -hmm. and and I'm like, this dude's got an entire town named after him. He's got a theme park. He's got his business. He's got a museum. <laughs> you know? And I was yeah. like, I was like, he's got a statue. I was like, I want, I want a statue. <laughs> I was like, I need to do something so great that somebody thinks we need a statue of this guy. You know, and, and to get to that status, it requires work. Yep. <laughs> right? It requires the it hustle. Does. Yeah, it does. It does. The hustle is essential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So give us some final thoughts. Uh 2022 is going to be a good year for business. I think. I think it's uh, finally things are the the craziness of the pandemic. I think is calming down when it comes to businesses. We're not in um, total survival mode, so I think it's time to come back and, and improve what you've been doing as a business. So yes. what you've tried, new things you've learned, new new uh, skills that you've acquired. Now let's get those rolling and see how that you can make that to something long lasting for yourself and your business. Love it. Well said. Well said. Leah, thank you very much for joining yeah, us. Thank you, Robert. Um, as I'm doing the outro, don't sign out yet. If if you okay. can just watch for about two more minutes backstage. Okay. All right. See ya. Thank you for joining us. All right. Thanks. All right. So that was Leah. If you if you're just tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the whole thing. If you're a small, small business owner and you need to level up your marketing and your branding, we shared a lot of good insights here, especially her. She's the expert. And just on a side note, as we're in the holiday season, so I had an event on Thanksgiving Day at the gym where we we raised money. We raised $1,000 to sponsor a family at a local high school here in Warwick. And so my daughter and I were getting ready to, to go finish the shopping, to go present to the family. But we got them a $300 gift card to Target. We got them a $100 gift card to Old Navy so they can get clothes get them a hundred dollar movie package so they can have dinner in in a movie we got the mom a hundred dollar gift certificate to massage envy so she can pamper herself and, and relax and we're going now to get a hundred dollar gas card and a four hundred dollar gift card to, to the local mall so when, when when you make things bigger than yourself like this isn't to say oh rob's a great guy rob's gym is awesome this is about giving back you know it's about giving back so anything that you can do to help another family in need this holiday season, take every effort to do it, whether it's volunteering at a soup kitchen or whether it's help helping your elderly neighbor, but just something that you can do to spread good cheer because this woman and her family, they, they struggled badly. And so we're going to help put a smile on her and her kids' faces for this holiday season. So for, for those of you that helped donate to that cause, thank you very, very much. Greatly appreciated. And I will be back tomorrow. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and 